It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked on Jazz for the 20th of May. A quick look at Kyle Korver, the weekend's NBA games, and then Tony Jones of the Athletic stops by, Kemba or Tobias, and breaking down the Jazz free agent options. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making the offseason a little bit more fun as a Jazz fan. You can get this program on Himalaya, the new app available for you on your Android or iPhone with customized playlists and helping you through a crazy world of the podcasting uh, space. Also available on Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and tell your smart device when you get in the car to play podcasts locked on jazz. A lot of things coming up on today's show, but most importantly, Tony Jones of The Athletic is stopping by. We'll have part one and two today, and then parts three and four tomorrow on the show. Uh, we'll talk about all jazz, free agency, offseason trades, Ricky Rubio or Derek Favors, or all sorts of uh, fun conversations I think you want to hear from just a great dude. Tony Jones is just a really good, uh, enjoyable guy uh, to be with. By the way, Father's Day's coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Untuck It. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. So sh- should their shirts like so should their shirts like tall, short, slim, relaxed, whatever it is. Ever wonder why your father's button up? Well, look so long or baggy at the end of the day it can be hard for guys to pull off the casual untucked look that isn't sloppy that's where untuck it comes in untuck it is a solution that fits just right go to untuckit.com promo code nba to get 20 percent off and also grip six our good friends they are literally making the best belts in the world the utah company that we talk about a lot are back and have a special site for you gripsix.com slash lock that's gripsix.com slash Lock. All right, let's get to the weekend's events, uh, and then I want to dig into Kyle Korver. The Warriors are just champions, and actually I think it's interesting on the maybe a little cliched, but the Bucks just can't pull off that game three, goes to double overtime, don't have enough plays. Uh, the way the Warriors were able to kind of do the exact same thing against Portland, now Toronto's probably better than Portland, and that's part of it. Uh, but I did think the, the contrast was interesting. Uh defenses are winning that series. Toronto's offense was in the 15th percentile. Milwaukee's was in the 8th, which is a little disconcerting that Milwaukee's offense has not gotten going yet. Uh, the other one that I think we watch how NBA basketball then emulates what they see in the playoffs, what the Bucks are doing defensively with Brooke Lopez. Last night, Toronto only got 24 shots at the rim, only 26% of their shots at the rim. This has been a reoccurring theme of this whole series. Uh, Nick Nurse complained that there were 14 illegal defenses the other, in game two. Uh, they're just camping guys out and forcing you to take above the break threes. Toronto's hitting 30% of them last night, which was just enough. Milwaukee, interestingly, went 9 of 29 of those as well. Both teams hit their corner threes, but not their above the break threes. And they are just sitting in the paint and not allowing 
uh, for Milwaukee to be able, or excuse me, for Toronto to get to the to the basket, and that is what this whole series is about. Toronto, we talked about it before the series started, just does not score against Milwaukee. They only got 19 shots at the rim in Game Two, which was again 26 percent, again in the ninth percentile. This is. The, the rim is the holy grail. Quinn Snyder figured that out offensively this year. Now will teams follow what Milwaukee's done, and we'll see more of that defensively. And if that does become the trend, then Rudy Gobert becomes even uh, more valuable in many, many ways. Let's talk about Kyle Korver. What we don't know is whether Kyle's coming back or not, whether he wants to play. He just gave the commencement speech at Creighton. Uh, very, just read the transcript of it. Very well done. There's an article at utahjazz.com about it. If you want to read about it, didn't, you know, as Kyle would thoughtful, um, you know, open, insightful, really, you know, Kyle's, Kyle's a gem. And what we don't know is whether Kyle wants to come back. What I think is really interesting on Kyle is what is fair to project from Kyle next year as a 38 year old playing. And he's obviously one of the great shooters in the league. If you watch his numbers last year, he shot 38%. And if you start to look at his numbers without LeBron, uh, then you see he he was at his last year without LeBron, 15-16. He's at 39.8, which was a little bit of a slide from the incredible two seasons of 48%. He was at 41% in his half season without LeBron. And then last year he was at 38%. I think the two years with LeBron, where he shoots 48% and 44%, feel to me as though those might be, you know, a little bit high. We used him. He took more shots, um, I think, per 36 minutes with us than he did at any other point in his entire NBA career. He shot 38%. He was obviously incredibly valuable. Um, but I think, I don't think you can look at him as an NBA player, as a 45, 46, 47% three-point shooter anymore. At 38 years old, I think that's too much of an ask. What's amazing about him is that he played, you know, 70 games last year. He still got off 353-point shots. I mean, he still is just such a threat and able to get them off, whether it's, you know, off the dribble or on the bounce or anything of that nature. Uh, we talk about signs of aging. I mean, certainly his game's a little different than everybody else uh, in that you're you're not looking for a block or steal rate or things of that nature. And the crazy thing about Kyle is that his steal rate was actually up. His block rate was the exact same. They're not high. But he is seemingly defying uh, a lot of the father time aspects uh, that are there. His wind share uh this year was a two. The year before was a 2.3. Uh, the year before that, it was a two in Cleveland. Uh, so he's he's not – there's not any dramatic slippage uh, to who he is. Defensively, still struggles. His rim game, which is just not a prevalent part of his game, but the other way you look at whether somebody is, is slipping, he only takes 3% of his shots there, so that's probably the sign that that's happened. Um, but he made them when he took him. I mean, I think he was a, something ridiculous, like 86% in the few shots he took um, in that realm. 
So his three-point shooting has certainly post-LeBron gone down, and there seems to be just a minor slide. Like, I just don't know if at 38% at 38 years old, you really should be at expecting that kind of performance out of a player. But he still, you know, the gravity is still there. Uh, the The concern by opponents is still there. And so, therefore, his value is still significant. It's really just going to be a question of whether or not Kyle um, wants to go through the rigor and whether he can get himself going. He, he felt fairly good at the end of the season other than that knee. But you look at him, his, his catch-and-shoot three-point shooting was still 40%. His actually off the bounce was 42, which would probably, if you're aging, you'd see that. He gets caught in a lot of late shot clocks where he has to bail his team out. Uh, defend, when he's open... He was at 42% for the Utah Jazz uh, last, when he was with uh, Cleveland the year prior and he was wide open. Uh, he was at 49%. So there was a little, you know, I don't know if that's age. Anything you do at 38 years old, everyone puts on age. Um, but his wide open shooting the last three years has gone from 56 to 49 um, to 42%. Uh, with the Jazz last year that he just was, you know, whether it was because he was on the move more or, or whatever, his wide open shooting has slipped uh, over the last three seasons. So that's that's a little bit different. Defensively, I, I think he still, you know, battles, plays it positionally, and at 38 years old is um, has his limitations. So uh, the big question on Kyle is what whether he what he wants to do, I think, is obviously the first part. And then the second part is whether the Jazz have an opportunity where between July, I think, 7th on Kyle, they need that money. He's still guaranteed some uh, for next year. So I believe the discrepancy between what he's guaranteed and what he's being uh, scheduled to pay is only between five and seven million, somewhere in that range. So it's not a huge uh, difference to whether or not the Jazz uh, keep him or not. And he's obviously a player you want around. And maybe the most important statistic on Kyle's season is we just kind of do a, a quick, not as detailed Kyle, because there's not a lot of isolation. There's not a lot of pick and roll. There's not a lot of those things to look at, is the impact that he had on Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell. The shooting of both of those guys increased at a tremendous amount from the moment that he joined uh, the team. And that, I think, is maybe where his value to his teammates is as, as good as anyone. Take a second, read his commencement address. You'll be proud to, to root for him uh, and cheer for Kyle. Part of today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Tony Jones is coming up here in just a second. We'll start off with the debate of Kemba or Tobias in a dream world for the Jazz and talk about much of that today. Then in tomorrow's show, we'll talk about faves, the options there, and then play a game with involving Ricky Rubio where I give a player and his salary compared to Ricky's projected player and salary and which player would you like to have the most. Today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Chevy. The Blazer is back. That's right. Tyson and the great crew out in Woods Cross. The, the, the fabulous Blazer is back. You know the truck lineup. Silverado, Colorado. They've been fabulous. I've been fortunate enough to drive both of them. The Silverado is just an 
absolute luxury truck. It was such a smooth ride. Felt like you were above the world, sitting back in your lazy boy chair, just cruising. The Colorado was versatile and fun. It was a great one for us to have around the house. And right now, the Murdoch Million Dollar Sales Event is going on. The Equinox, the SUV four-door, very smooth, good ride, has up to $8,500 off. That's right. That's at Murdoch Chevy right now and these are only good until may the new blazer is out you got to check it out it is sweet looking and check out uh as well while you're there the traverse is got the third row of seats and a little bit larger suv for your family that's all at murdoch chevy out in woods cross as well as in logan life is complicated especially right now you're spending more time inside unable to go to restaurants and that means you're cooking dinner but if you're like me i hate cooking multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. The much-anticipated Tony Jones of the athletic interview. I always love these. Do you, Have people <laughs> figured out that we get along yet, or do you think they still think just because we don't agree on the same things about basketball that, like, they think we're like Republicans and Democrats, that, like, if we disagree, actually, that's, like, if we disagree that we actually have to, like, hate each other, despise each other, hang up on each other, like choose our friends based on it, unlike hoops where you see the game one way, I see it the other, and we just kind of move on. I think people think that we hate each other, but that's because people thought that you and Brian T. Smith hated each other, and I think they were right about that one. There are certain things that people are accurate about, but you're a good human being. <laughs> see, I'm not see. I don't want to bring that up and get a, get into that, but yeah, see, like they think. But that has nothing to that has nothing to do with um never mind that yeah, had nothing that to, do with, nothing to do with basketball right yeah but the, the funny thing is and and I, I actually told somebody this on Twitter was that I mean I think ja- I think jazz fans are lucky that we hardly ever agree because I think because with our voices in the market and. Um, with you know, and and with the some of the, the 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 things that we've carved out for ourselves, each other, individually, I think it's good that there are, are two people. I, I think it's good that there are differing viewpoints on 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 a lot of stuff, and it's not bad. It's just you know what I mean. Like it, it's like you 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 do one thing, I do another. You see the game one way, I see the game another. But I think. Um, in the, in the, at the end of the day, I think that, uh, you know, we see, we see things the same way. Well, I mean, I'm right. I'm I'm right and you're wrong. So it's all good. 
Yeah, see, that's perfect. End of interview. <laughs> All right, Kemba or Tobias in your jazz dream world? I already know what you're going to say, but you already know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Kemba, and you're going to say Tobias. Um, I think it's an interesting discussion. I've actually probably wavered a little bit recently um, on it. Uh, let, why do you say Kemba? Because there are – so all right, so Stephen Curry – Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, right? Kimball Walker doesn't bend the defense quite as much as those guys, but it's, it's very, very close. And um, the way Kimba gets from point A to point, e, point B off the dribble, there, there are very few guys that can get from point A to point B off the dribble anytime they want, through any kind of defense, no matter what you do. And Kimball's one of those guys. Uh, Donovan, for as good as he is, and I think he can actually get there, but he's not yet one of those guys. Uh, Kimball can, Kimba can get from point A to point B off the dribble pretty much any time he wants. And I think if you put that with Donovan and you put that with, this def- with the defense that he'll have around him um, and you put some shooters on the wings, you put some shooters around him, this could be a de- the, the Jazz could be a devastating two-way team. Okay, so Kemba last year ran the third most amount of pick and rolls in the NBA um, and was awesome at it at 1.06. The only guys that like ran that much that were better were Damian Lillard, Lou Williams, and that's about it. So to your point, this is one of the great pick and roll players in the NBA, and the Jazz run the most pick and rolls of anyone in the league. I think that is... That is su- that is where y- you make your case. And then the fact that these are the four players he ran the most. Actually, it's even more fun if we do the five players that Kemba ran the most pick and rolls with last year. Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams, Bismack Biombo, Willie Herman Gomez, Frank Kaminsky, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Right. So replace that with Rudy Gobert. Who's the probably the elite roller in the league exactly and who who's probably one of the three or four best pick setters in the league because when Rudy Gobert sets picks you're going to get separation coming off of those picks because he sets pick he's elite at setting picks and spreading out and he's elite at resetting so he doesn't just set he can reset if the initial pick doesn't get the separation that he wants it's the reason why Joe Ingles gets downhill so much off the dribble not because of his athleticism, because Rudy Gobert sets terrific picks, like elite picks. So if you do that with Kemba, then if you get, if you run into Houston or you run into Golden State and those guys say, okay, we're not going to let you run pick and roll. We're just going to switch everything. Well, guess what? Kemba's going to go by them. You know, Donovan can do the same thing, but Kemba can do the same thing. Okay. And then, the third thing that I like about Kemba, the same thing with Donovan, Kemba can be a spot-up shooter. So that doesn't so Kemba so Kemba's presence on the team doesn't prevent Donovan from doing his thing. Let's touch on that for a minute. Donovan Mitchell is the best dude on the planet. Before I make these next comments, let's make sure we're clear on this. Like I am raising children right now who I hope are like Donovan Mitchell, right? You would agree with me on right. right? Like I look Agreed. at that that is the biggest compliment I can give him is that that's what I'm looking for. I also he is not wearing a sweatshirt with his spider logo on it to be the number two guy. 
And I don't think he I don't think he has to be the number two guy. So and I agree with you to your point, right? So if if the Jazz were to get Tobias Harris, there's a clear hierarchy, right? Donovan's still the number one guy, no doubt the number one guy, and Tobias is the number two guy. But there's nothing wrong with having co number ones. Look at Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant. Now, if you want to make a counter argument, you can counter argue and say that Stephen Curry is clearly taking a step back to let Kevin Durant do his thing. And we're seeing that in the playoffs. Now he's back to being number one. He looks like 2016 Stephen Curry again. But I think with the way the NBA is, how many possessions are in an NBA game, I think that if Kimba Walker were on the team, I think that Quinn Snyder would adjust uh, the pace of the pace of play, uh, and furthermore, and, and thirdly, uh, I think that I think that if you know you had Donovan Mitchell and Kimball Walker on the same team, guess what? Quinn Snyder says, "Okay, I know I have these two uh, these two alphas in my lineup. I'm I'm going I'm going to stagger. I'm going to stagger." Uh, I think that there's there's more than enough of a pie to go around. It would be a delicate dance, right? I mean, it would take some. Don't you think? Right. I think the only question is who takes the last shot. I think that's the big question. Who takes the last shot in the last five? Who takes the shot in the last five minutes? Who has the most possessions in the last five minutes? But I think in the first 43 minutes, I think I think it can be done rather seamlessly. It's an interesting one. Do you think they're too small defensively? No, because I, I think um, obviously Kemba's small. Um, but I think that, you know, Donovan has enough length um, that that doesn't bother him. I think Joe, I think you have length on, on the perimeter with Joe and, and, and Royce. Um, you know, you can, you can sprinkle Dante in. Obviously, there's length there. And then obviously, you have Rudy, you have Rudy at the rim. I think it could be a problem in some playoff matchups. I think if, you know, if you got Golden State or if you got any team with a Kevin Durant, uh, that's a problem, um, especially if you want to switch everything. But it's not enough of a problem that you just don't go out and say, "Hey, Kemper, please just tell us now." Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm with you. On the, the, we'll get to. The, let me address the one other. Problem. Donovan's not very good defensively yet. Kemba doesn't give. He has Kemba no. doesn't give him any shield, right? Like, exactly. is there an element that if you're building a team around Donovan and Rudy? that the guy next to Donovan actually needs to be Garrett Temple. Like, he's not using a lot of possessions. He's a pretty good shooter, and he can guard whoever you need him to guard of the guards so that you're shielding my, the other guy. Like, I know Garrett Temple's a boring name, but he's a damn good defender at, at 6'6", who can handle either the one or the two defensively. If Reggie Bullock was a little better defensively, I'd probably include him in this in this name. What Any thought that that's actually, if you're building a team around Donovan and Rudy, that the, the piece that you actually need next to Donovan is a shooting defensive guard? Okay, that's fine, but then you better have Tobias Harris. <laughs> because then you have to have, I think if we learned anything this playoff, the Jazz have to have another dynamic defensive presence, a dynamic offensive presence. Like there just has to be one more dynamic offensive presence there. So you can do that. 
Or what if you say, Brooklyn, we know you're getting Kyrie Irving or whatever. What do you want for Spencer Dinwiddie? You're not going D'Angelo yeah. Russell? Or D'Angelo Russell. Well, D'Angelo Russell, I mean, if you renounce D'Angelo Russell, you can, you, can, you can go that way. Or you can say, what do you want for Spencer Dinwiddie? Spencer Dinwiddie is 6'6". He defends well. He's a good point guard. He can score the ball. He checks a lot of boxes. You disappoint me so much. I'm so disappointed in you, Tony Jones of the Athletic. I'm, I'm, and I'll explain. I am so I'll explain to you why when we return on Locked On Jazz Plus. We'll dig into the Tobias Harris angle and ask the question: If you're building a team around Rudy Gobert, what's best to put next to him? We'll continue with Tony Jones of the Athletic here on Locked On Jazz. Make sure you follow Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. It gives you a chance to follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts at one spot. It's Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. That's part one with Tony Jones. Thanks to Grip6 for bringing you part of today's program. Go to Grip6.com slash lock. They are literally making the best belts ever made. Easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. They have a women's collection now. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Go to grip6.com slash lock more with Tony Jones coming up. But first, Spencer Nelson stops by to give us some insight and information about where he's working right now, Iron Gate Global Advisors. I want to tell you about Iron Gate Global Advisors, a financial group out of Salt Lake City, small shop that understands your journey, aren't pushing products on you, and have a strategy, direction, and process. I found out about them from Spencer Nelson, former Utah State great, who, by the way, has an MBA, accounting and finance background degrees, and worked Wall Street in private equity. And he tells me about the personnel. Brian is the chief investment officer. Brian's a long-term investor, Warren Buffett disciple with a proven track record of active management. He views investing as not trading stocks, but buying pieces of businesses that he believes in. He's focused on not getting caught up in what's hot today or tomorrow, but doing the research, looking one, three, five, even 10 years out with a very patient, methodical approach. Couple that with Brett and his longtime options background, and you have a versatile group. It's Iron Gate Global Advisors. To find out more about Iron Gate Financial, give Spencer a call, 888-591-0334. That's 888-591-0334. Or email him at spencer at igga.com. Anytime we're talking investing, understand that past performance isn't indicative of future results. Also, options may not be for everyone. They have different risks. Make sure you consult a professional before doing anything with them. Do your due diligence. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, 
it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Here is why I am so disappointed in you, Tony Jones. I tried to set a trap and have you fall for the inefficient, high usage, high scoring (laughs) guard in D'Angelo Russell, and you didn't fall for it. Like, D'Angelo Russell is Tony Jones' guy. He is the essence of how you and I view the game differently. You're supposed to love the in the veins and all that crap, and all I can look at is how incredibly (laughs) inefficient he is, and you didn't even fall for it. Listen, I'm, you can get Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, so. I like Spencer Dinwiddie so much more than D'Angelo Russell. We just agreed. It's a bad day. Dogs and cats living there. Okay, okay. <laughs> let, let, first of all, let me be honest. I really like D'Angelo Russell. Like, I actually think he would help. Like, because he gets buckets. And I think he gets buckets in the half court. I'm not even, I'm not even going to touch how inefficient he was in the playoffs and how much he stunk in the playoffs. Like, he stunk in the playoffs. But I'm going to say that D'Angelo Russell in a half-court game, in a half-court NBA playoff setting, can get you buckets, and that would help the Jazz. Now, but let's throw that all that out. Okay. Okay, wait a second. I just want to make sure everybody knows, don't fall for that. That's not true. He wouldn't help the Jazz. He's in the 13th percentile of players shooting at the rim. He never goes to the line. He's he's like in the 8th percentile of drawing fouls. He is an inefficient scorer, and the last thing we next need to, next to Donovan Mitchell right now is an inefficient scorer. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, with a, okay. By the if way, you... with, a, with a 98th percentile usage rate last year. That... that... I'm trying to find ways for the Jazz to get better while keeping Derek Favors because right, that's so, what they want to do. All right, we're now now we're talking, but let's go. Let, let we'll, we'll get, that'll be tomorrow. Um, let's go to if you're building a roster around Rudy Gobert, right? What do you want as your what do you what is the four piece next to Gobert? And then, like, what are the what is the guard line? What what is it you want around Gobert? Well, I mean, I think the four pieces next to to Gobert looks a lot like Tobias Harris. I just worry about Tobias' defense. It's not good. You're generous, and it hasn't been. It hasn't been good. You're, you're you're generous with not good. Yeah, well, I know I'm generous without good. Uh, with with not good. I mean, I remember when the Jazz. Uh, beat the Clippers in January, and they just took Tobias to town. 
pretty much on every possession. They hunted him. Um, I thought he was a little better in the playoffs. At least he tried. Um, but, you know, that that's the worry. Like, the worry is that, you know, you know the, the problem with the Jazz earlier in the season was because um, – the, the the guys on the perimeter were not staying in front of guys and really can't guard everything at once. So, um, you know, if if Tobias plays here, he's got to stay in front of people, and that, that's the worry. How much does uh, Rudy protect some – like, do, Ru, the D, Jazz defensive rating with Jay Crowder, with Joe Johnson sometimes – with Tabo Cephalosha, with Rudy at the five, with every stretch four he's played with has been really, really good. Not as not as elite as the favors combination, certainly. But how much does Rudy just protect somebody defensively? I think he does to an extent, but you have to help him out first. Like, like in November and December and late October, right? Like, guys are just blowing past Ricky Rubio. And he can't protect you if they're blowing past you, right? And then in January and February, it got better because Ricky Rubio was staying in front to a point where then Rudy could protect. So if you want Rudy to help you, you have to help him first. Like, you have to deter. You don't have to stop. You have to deter. Um and I think that that's the common misconception that people get. Like, they're like, okay, well, go and get Jabari Parker because Rudy Gobert's behind him. Or go and get Nikola Meritich because Rudy Gobert's behind him. Um, those guys have to, they have to stay in front. You have to stay in front first. And that allows Rudy to do his thing. But if guys are blowing past and Rudy's got to deal with whoever Rudy's guarding at the time, um, and and he can't sufficiently get there, then it doesn't much matter, if you know what I mean. By the way, just – and I, I actually kind of agree with you, and I didn't think he was great during the playoffs. The And I, I just don't know statistically how to prove defense. Um, Tobias Harris's um, defensive plus-minus is not bad, which is generally the best way out there. And the on-off defensive numbers – for Tobias Harris this year were actually um, okay. They weren't great. Like, I mean, they were – his actually whole plus-minus this year in Philadelphia wasn't very good. Um, and in the Clippers, it wasn't great. I mean, there's a legitimate – I mean, his defensive plus-minus – his defensive numbers in Detroit and L.A. the first years were terrible. They were in the – like, the plus-minus difference was in, like, the 5th and 13th percentile. It was terrible. So I think there's – I think it's a very legitimate concern. You are making a mammoth change to who the Jazz are in regards to what that position does. Now, let me – can I sell my Tobias Harris case on for you? Uh, yes, yes. Let me just say this. I, I'll, I'll sum this up before, before you say this. If Tobias can actually be adequate defensively, He's dynamic enough offensively that it makes up for him being just adequate defensively. So I think that the biggest change that's about to happen in the NBA is pick and roll out of every position. Okay? 
That's the next mm-hmm. wave to me is that you're like Joe Ingles is so successful in the pick and roll because of Gobert's picks, like you said in the last segment, but also because the guy guarding him is not used to guarding the pick and roll because he's a small forward. Pick and roll has been point guard. It is with the switching defenses and everything that's going on. Pick and roll is going to become one through four, maybe even one through five running. We saw Jokic Murray inverted pick and roll dominate a series. So, I think the next step in this league is that ball handling at every position running the pick and roll. With that said, I think Tobias Harris is the single most untapped offensive player in the league. He ran the most. Go ahead. I don't disagree. He ran the most pick and rolls of any power forward in the NBA this year. He ran almost 1,300. If you believe Durant's a four, he ran 1,100. And Blake Griffin ran 980. The next closest in the NBA is Rudy Gay at 389. He ran, and he was good at it. The only guys that were better were Blake and Kevin Durant, and those are all-stars. His isolation game, he ran the fourth most amount of isolations of any four in the league. Julius Randle in there as well. He was the best of everyone in isolation. And his drive game which we run the most, have the most drives of any team in the league. You think about our advantage basketball, giving it out to Harris and letting him go. He had 762 drives this year, which is more than any other player at that league. And the old, in the league, and the only guys that were better were Durant, Blake Griffin, Julius Randle, and Pascal Siakam. I, I think if he gets in the right offensive system, he, is, he has got another significant, another level offensively uh, to who he is. So here, here's the thing. I one of the one of the things that I like, and this this backs up everything that you said. One of the things that I like about Tobias Harris is that he is a playmaker out of his spot. He's going if he gets a rebound, everybody can just run because he can he can get a rebound and go, and he can handle the ball in the half court. He can score from three point range. He can score at the basket. He can score from 15 to 18 feet. He can spot up, uh, or he can play with the ball in his hands. Uh, and he's he's been in every kind of position, right? Like, he was in Orlando with a young team. He was the man in, with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, he was a third option um, with with the Philadelphia 76ers, and maybe actually even the fourth option, depending on where you see Ben Simmons. Um, so he's been in a lot of situations, and he's 26 years old. And that's probably, to me, your biggest argument, the biggest argument to be had for Tobias Harris over Kimball Walker. If you give Kimball Walker a four-year max, you're going to really have to sweat out the last two years of that deal. Like, the, last two, the first two years of that deal – you're confident that he's going to be Kimball Walker, right? You're confident that he's going to be the guy. But Kimball Walker is a six-foot point guard who, who has played a ton of minutes, has a ton of miles on him, and his entire game is based off of his first step. So what if he loses that first step in ages 31 and 32, which will be, ages thir- which will be years three and four of that contract? If you give Tobias Harris this contract, he's 26 years old, you know that you're going to be good, that he's going to be peak Tobias Harris for the entire length of that four-year contract. 
So that to me is probably your biggest um, argument that, that, you know, you want Tobias Harris over Kemba Walker. So what, what are your thoughts on that? I think, I mean, his age matches Rudy and Donovan's an old second year player at 22 or 23 by the time next year starts. So he absolutely matches their age and their progression. Donovan's ahead of the game progression. So he's, they're absolutely on the same path. And I think if you think about, I actually think the Tobias Harris deal, if the Jazz, if the Jazz got Tobias Harris, I think it's the Jeff, Horn, I don't know that they go to the two finals, but I think it's the equivalent of the Jeff Hornacek move from Jeff Malone. I think it's where it just changes them a little bit, alters who they are, and now you have your three pieces that you're moving forward with, and you're adjusting every piece around there. Right, and you can adjust, and you can adjust for four years. Yeah, and and so, frankly, that's what this league is. Like you're, you get three core pieces. Now you go fiddle everything else around. Let me ask you one more about Tobias. We'll talk about favors for tomorrow's show. If you're Tobias Harris, you were the fourth option in Philadelphia. I know they can offer him just a buttload of money. Are you signing there? If Jimmy comes um, back, are you are you signing on at 26 years old with the amount of talent I just talked about to take the fourth fiddle? I'm going to say yes because I think that they're going to lose Jimmy Butler. That's my thought. But if Jimmy Butler signs there and they say, hey, Tobias, here's five-year max, then to me, I mean, it's it's – it's a question because, you know, if you're Tobias Harris, I mean, you know, you're everyone, everybody's playing for their legacy. And I don't think that even if they kept all four of those guys together, I don't, I don't think they're going to win the East anytime soon because I don't think they're better than Milwaukee and Milwaukee's just starting, um, you know, and, and, and if Kevin Durant goes East, if Kyrie Irving stays East, if one, if those two guys team up somewhere in New York, whether it be with Brooklyn or whether it be with the Knicks, then boom, you got another monster instantly in the East. Especially if the Knicks were able to trade for Anthony Davis. Um, so if you're Tobias Harris, you know you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Rudy Gobert, you have Quinn Snyder. You have that front office. To me, those are four Titans right there with the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, the Jazz front office, and Quinn Snyder. To me, those are four Titans. Those are four of the best people in the entire NBA at what they do. And that's a lot for one team to have. Um, So, to me, I mean, I think the Jazz are an attractive option to me. Super fun with Tony Jones today. Thanks so much for stopping by. TJ, he'll be back with us tomorrow on the program. Thanks to Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com. And remember, Untuckit.com, promo code NBA to get 20% off. And Grip6.com slash lock. A lot of Father's Day opportunities for you. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They support the program. It is Locked On Jazz. Go check out Locked On NBA today and Tony Jones. More tomorrow. David James later in the week here on Locked On Jazz. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. 
Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.